the other day, uh, a friend, uh, just an acquaintance of mine, she said, hey, you know, I don't have much money right now. I just moved to Hollywood. Could could I do some work uh, for you or or one of your companies? So I was like, sure, come over this weekend. We'll talk on some stuff. I got some work she, work you do. And so she she came over and uh, she real pretty girl. She came over and she was like dressed super casual. And I was like, oh, where are you headed to after we talk? And she's like, oh, I got a pool party. And of course it was a Saturday or whatever, but my first thought was, man, she never learned Charlie Munger, the billionaire's rule to wealth, the 14 hour a day rule. Charlie Munger says there was a time in his career where, uh, he was, uh, investing in some, <laughs> excuse me, I had a little sneeze in there. Uh, he said he was investing in a construction company or a group of people that were developing real estate. And uh, they told him, we have this one rule, we all agreed, that if at any time in this business you're investing in us, Charlie, we are short on our obligations. We've promised people we'll do stuff. We're late paying the bills. There's not enough money in the bank account. We're not happy with the progress of our business and our life in general, that we promise that we will work 14 hours a day, six days a week, until things are back in order. And Charlie Monger said, as you can guess, that business did very, very well over time. And the contrast there between this girl I know here in Hollywood who's completely broke and like, I need a job and all that, but she's going to a pool party versus the mentality that Charlie Monger said, you got to work. You have to work. Felix Dennis, the, 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 one of the richest men in Europe and the founder of, I think, I think he's almost the number one most prolific magazine and, and newspaper publishing guy. And he says, you know, man, I remember when I was young, I used to work. He said, I would work 12 hours, 14 hours, 16 hours, go out, get Chinese food, come back and work again. And I did it nonstop. Bill Gates said from age 20 to age 30, I never took a day off, not even one. He spent 10 years basically in a cubicle writing code. Joel Salatin said to me, said, Ty, everybody wants to be me, but they forget. Back when I first got married to Teresa, my wife, out of high school or out of college, and, I, and we lived in our parents' attic so we could only you know, spend, I think he said, our budget was $100 a month we spent. We grew up, we grew our own food. We worked. I did two jobs. I ran the farm. See, Elon Musk says, the great billionaire, he says, or I think the only man, by the way, to own $3 billion companies right now that he started from scratch. He said, if you work 100 hours when everybody else works 40 hours, it won't take you three or four months to take to do what most people take a year. We live in an entitled world. If you want to be great, if you want to have impact, you must tear and root out every last vestige of entitlement in your brain. And the way to start with that is a simple place. Your attitude on work ethic. Nations are born stoic and die Epicurean. Look at the foundation of different countries, whether it be Rome or United States. Great superpowers. They started 
through people who were stoic, not Epicurean. They were people who were willing to work. They were mountain men. They were pioneers. But we've become soft. We've become Epicureans. That was the Greek philosophy that said, live for now. YOLO. You only live once. That's a weak mind. It will make you weak. So you make the choice. Do you have the Charlie Munger approach to work? Or have you bought into and been tricked by the lie that says, you know, there's such a thing as a four-hour work week? Now, I have nothing against Tim Ferriss. I mean, I think he has great marketing and is seeking to accomplish great things. But let me just say it this way. The reason I don't believe in the concept of the four-hour work week is, number one, it's not true. You will meet no, and I repeat, no great people of any level of true wealth and impact and world civilization changing uh, uh, you know, effect that works four hours a week. So first of all, it's a false um, uh, assumption at the beginning that there is such thing as a four-hour work week. Number two, if I told you that I met this amazing woman and I'm going to get married and I'm so excited, you'd probably say, oh, congratulations, Ty. But then if I ended by saying, and you're not going to believe this, I got even better news. I figured out a way that I'm only going to spend four hours a week with her. What would your reaction be? It would be, Ty, well, why are you marrying her to start with? So it's, it's, it's a weak logic to even build around the concept that you'd want a life where you only work four hours a week. You can't do it. It's not possible. Nobody ever does it. And uh, you will have no impact on the world. It's a lose-lose Pareto inefficiency. I'll tell you what works, though, is you to find something for your career that you have so much energy around that 14 hours passes like one hour. Like Pablo Picasso said, avoid the dichotomy, the dichotomy of where you do something that you have no interest in in order to make money to do something you do have interest in. Like Bud Williams, the great, uh, like the cattle whisperer, you know, he, he's able to herd all these animals. He's a famous animal psychologist. And he says, hey, if you have to go on a vacation from your job, never come back. Now, again, you could be like most entrepreneurs reading pop psychology and say, no, no, I don't like that. I like the idea of working four hours a week. But be careful who you copy. Charlie Munger made a billion dollars. Bill Gates made $60 billion and more than that. His, through the, Bates, the, the Bill Gates Foundation, he's changing the world. He's er eradicated malaria or almost eradicated it. Tuberculosis, smallpox, things that have killed millions of people. One man and his foundation and donors are solving those problems. Civilization changing. And he said, from 20 to 30, I never took a day off. He didn't say anything about four-hour work week. He would laugh and scoff at the concept. Warren Buffett started at 7. He reads 8 hours a day to build his skill. He works. He works. He says, I tap dance out of bed. I'm 80 years old or 84 years old, and I tap dance to work. Do you want to be the person trying to go after the illusion the illusion that somehow there is the four-hour work week 
And the bad news is even if you found it, it wouldn't be so sweet like you thought. Be careful what you pursue because you might get it. Who would you rather be? Pablo Picasso, who created over 50,000 works of art in his career? He didn't do that in four hours a week. No, he was passionate about what he did and he did it all day and it was his life one thing i learned at living in the amish for two and a half years is we live in a world of separation this is my work and this is my home and this is my friends and this is my church on sunday and da 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 whereas the true life is an integrated life i teach this the integrated life you must integrate all areas of your life you see there should be no coming or going the amish have jobs but they're not really jobs because it's part of the farm and the farm feeds them and the farm gives them opportunity to be with their kids and it gives them opportunity to heal the earth and make literally make the soil more fertile, making the world a better place and help their neighbor. You see, it's all one life. They don't get up and leave their kids and go to work and then come back and then go to church on Sunday and act religious on Sunday, but then on Monday, watch the football game. No, not that any of those things are bad. Don't get me wrong. They are bad in my mind or they're, I don't like to use the word good or bad. They're ineffective and inaccurate on reaching the goal that you probably want. If you want the good life, just think about what other great people would think about the good life. Let me ask you this. I often say this is a tool, a mental tool. I'm going to be releasing something on logical fallacies and why we make mistakes and how we think and how you can think better and think through problems. Because remember, the answer to everything you want in life is the quality with which you are able to think through the obstacles that will come with you. I call this the wall of life. There will always be a wall in front of you no matter what you're trying to accomplish. Your ability to make a plan, a smart plan, through deep thinking and well-thought-out thoughts, not full of logical fallacies and cognitive biases, will be in direct proportion to the ease and the effectiveness by which you solve every problem that you have. So think about this. This is a good way to think through life. Imagine that you had a council at your house, in the living room, of some of the great people of all time. Whoever it is you consider great. Some of you don't consider people who make money great. You consider religious people. So let's take that. Some of you take, you know, you're interested in business, some are into health. Let's just have a consortium, a mixture of all these people. Let's have, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger there. Let's have a Michael Jordan there. Let's have a Bill Gates there. Let's have a Warren Buffett. Let's have a Mother Teresa there. Let's have a Julius Caesar and Genghis Khan. Let's have an Abraham Lincoln. Let's have a Martin Luther King Jr., an Oprah Winfrey, a broad spectrum. As the the 3,000-year-old proverb says, make war with a multitude of counselors. So you might be saying, Ty, I don't buy this, man. We should be able to set up our life so that we have automated income and we don't do anything. We just salsa dance across Argentina and we go and do karate in China and everything works out and we we are healthy and wealthy and happy. Let's present that idea to this council of wise people. Pablo Picasso might be there too. Joel Salatin would be there. What do you think they would say? Elon Musk. I can tell you what they would say. I could tell you what they would say. They would say, why not change the world? 
no matter the cost. Why not do your destiny no matter the cost? Why focus on a little bit of hard work? Because a little bit of hard work, like the cliche goes, it never hurt anybody. Martin Seligman, the uh, great, uh, uh, I guess, not sure how you would define him. I mean, he's a researcher, a scientist, a professor, I think at Dartmouth University. And he wrote a book called Authentic Happiness, his research on happiness from a scientific standpoint. Because I know if you're listening to this, you want to be happier. So the question also in that room is, will the four-hour work week make you happy versus Charlie Munger saying, oh, work 14 hours a day for six, day, six days a week? Which one will be happier? Well, let me just ask you, what do you think Martin Seligman's findings were? Do you think Bill Gates is happy? He has $60 billion net worth. 80-room house, a wife who loves him, Melinda, children that he has a good relationship with. He has the respect of presidents. He has the respect of the smartest people in the world. He looks at the impact that he has on the world and sees that he's solving world, uh, you know, calamities are being solved. Disease is being eradicated. Who do you think is happier, him or the person who gets uh, eight weeks vacation every year? Come on now, think, use your brain. What do you think Martin Seligman found under a brain scanner who's happy? He said this idea of hedonic pleasure where you, oh, I got vacation, that, that doesn't make you happier. He said it's the lowest form of happiness. It's fleeting. It doesn't do much. It doesn't have the effect that you want. He said there's two other levels, the authentic levels of happiness and meaningful. And he says those emanate from Doing your destiny, finding it out as young as possible and doing it and doing it well and doing a lot of it and pushing yourself. You see, if you don't want to work 14 hours in whatever you're doing, to me, it's not a sign that you have a bad work ethic. It's a sign you've never done something where you're tap dancing to work. You must tap dance through life, not from the standpoint of everything's going to be awesome and you're going to be laying on the beaches of Bahamas. Look, trust me. I've made a little bit of money in my day. I've been around people who made a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> and, well, I'll put it this way. Best answer I've ever seen to that uh, question of, you know, who's the happiest is I got a friend. He's making about a million dollars a day with his his company, one of my best friends. And he and he was down in my house and I was like, hey, man. Let's go, uh, let's go see, I forget what movie. We had kind of both been, he'd been working hard down in the living room. I'd been up in my office. He was just staying for a couple of days. And I, I said, oh, let's go see this movie. And we were going to go see it. And for whatever reason, it was like he needed to finish and we we're going to miss it. And he just turned to me and he said, it's no big deal, Ty. I've learned one thing. Recreation is overrated, dude. <laughs> but you know, some of you might be like, what are you talking about? I don't want to just become a workaholic and oh, I want to have a well-rounded life. He has a well-rounded life. He travels the world. He just went to Germany. But you know what? It's in an integrated. He went to Germany to continue on his destiny. But along the way, he had fun. And he went sightseeing. and He went to Oktoberfest or whatever. But he's also there working, promoting his business. It's all tax deductible because he's doing, or, you know, most of it's tax deductible. It's the ultimate win-win. See, he has, under a brain scanner, the, according to Martin Seligman, the same or more happiness than someone who's laying on the beach in the Bahamas who hates their job but saved up enough money to go do something else. You don't want to be that person. I tell people, I'm like, you're better off to be like Che Guevara in Motorcycle Diaries. Sell everything. Go start a movement. 
Get on a motorcycle, drive through South America. Who do you think's happier? Who do you think's happier? The nine to five person who hates what they do, who's living the dichotomy like Pablo Picasso warned, warned against? No. So you must root out this weak work ethic. Get rid of it. The sooner you get rid of it, you know, I, I was reading this story of Michael Jordan. Amazing book. It's called The Life. I'll be interviewing the author here, um, shortly and, uh, maybe Michael Jordan and, uh, one fascinating thing about Michael Jordan at the, I think his second year at UNC in college, they lost the basketball championship, the NCAA championship. They got knocked out pretty early. And Michael Jordan came to one of the basketball coaches and he was just like, I need a break. I can't, this basketball thing's burning me out. You know, college basketball is too much. And they were like, yeah, we understand. Take some rest this summer. And they said the next day, uh, they went to the gym, the coaches, and there was Michael Jordan already there shooting baskets. And they're like, wait, we thought you wanted to take a rest, man. And he said, no. He's like, I got to get better. See, he had insatiable work ethic. Kobe Bryant from the Los Angeles Lakers. He shoots, I think, 800 made shots. Takes him four hours before practice even starts. Do you think he's less happy? See, we... And it's interesting, Joel Salatin told me why this has happened. We have been brought up, unfortunately, by parents that make extremely grave mistakes in how they wire our brain. And if you're a parent, I'm going to tell you what Joel Salatin told me. It's one of the wisest things I've ever heard on raising children. Joel said, you know, the problem in the world is that most parents punish their kids with work. They say, hey, you know, you're going to have to, you're going, you're going to have to do the dishes because you didn't get an A on your homework. So what are you wiring your kids' brains to do? You're wiring their brain, I've talked about this before, to associate pain with work. And remember, in the 25 cognitive biases, there's many of them. But the most powerful of the cognitive biases, A, reward and punishment. Be careful what you mess with on your kids and how you rewire uh, their understanding of work. Be careful. Tread lightly. You have the ability to create Amazing person. Like I said, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I talked about this in a previous episode. Arnold Schwarzenegger, what was his work ethic? Well, his dad at five years old said, if you want breakfast, you have to do push-ups. So he began to associate after every time I do push-ups, even on a five-year-old, I get food. Positive association with exercise. You see, most of the world uh, is getting fatter, not only because of bad food, which is in great part the problem, but in addition... We're, we don't have that dopamine reward process in our brain where we associate uh, exercise, work ethic physically into something that we want and we see massive reward. I tell guys that are single, I'm like, hey, beautiful women like guys who are in shape. So pin a whole bunch of pictures of beautiful women to your refrigerator and every time it's a midnight stack go okay it would be temporary pleasure to have that but that beautiful girl right there angelina jolie would probably not want to go on a date with me if i did that too much see rewire the reward circuitry of your brain and when it comes to work ethic and business you must do the same be careful what you let into your mind if you let in a four-hour working mentality, you're rewiring the brain in a false dichotomy to start going, well, this is how what's going to make me happy. Four hours, four hours, four hours. 
well, why don't you learn from the best? Nothing against Tim Ferriss, but he never made a billion dollars. Charlie Munger made a billion, and he has an opposite philosophy. Now, let me say, when he says work 14 hours a day, six days a week, that's not to say that he's saying there won't be periods of time when your things are going well and you're making a lot of money and you take a break. Maybe you take a month off. Maybe you take a year off and go, uh, I was telling someone how when I was 16, I went for a couple of weeks in a leper colony in India, right? That was a cool experience for me when I was 16. It recalibrated my mind and created new contrast bias where I realized I could be happy. I mean, people with leprosy, when I was there, you see them, their faces are falling off. They usually are missing parts of their nose. Most of their fingers are falling off. And yet I saw happiness even there and it recalibrated my contrast so that when I came back to the United States, I was able to go live with the Amish for two and a half years because I was okay. I'd already seen, you know, living simply. And for you, I'm not saying that you will always work 14 hours a week. But remember what Felix Dennis says. He's like, I used to work. Remember what Bill Gates says. I used to work. We need to create a society where we laugh at people that don't work. That's what we need to do. We don't need to, we don't need to dance around the subject. It's too bad we don't live in a world because women, if you study evolution, are the controllers in many ways of society because if women value men who do X versus Y, okay, men will change because the reward of a high quality woman is enough to motivate men to do many things, whether it be war or work. Women don't Put up with guys that won't work. Guys, that's a two-way street. I've dated some women that I saw no work ethic. Move on. Let someone else have that girl or that guy. Get with people and reward people who have a high work. If you have a friend who's lazy, reduce the hours you spend with that friend. Why? We need to be in a world where we reward people who have an amazing work ethic. Again, there's a balance to it, but like I said, the balance comes naturally. That's where the myth is. There's this myth that, you know, you work 14 hours a day, six days a week, and there's no fun to it, and that's not right. If you're doing your passion, I talk about this in another thing, how to find your business destiny. You can find that on my website. I got a lot about that, tylopez.com. Um, and, and more importantly, I want to say this, because uh, I haven't talked about it too much in these episodes, but... Those of you not in my academy, I built a Millionaire Mentor Academy. This Mentor Academy will change your life. It's a private academy. I do a lot of this stuff like you're listening to for free, but I'm a, I would love to take uh, you through a step-by-step system. Some of you, by the way, listening are already in the Mentor uh, Academy, but it's on my site, tylopez.com. I do not charge a lot of money for it. You can come in. It's a white to black belt level. You can try it at a white belt level. It's, I hardly charge any money. I, I honestly would pay a million bucks. For what you're going to learn because it's what I've literally spent millions of dollars learning, traveling around, learning from the top mentors, investing in businesses for my own business experience, my own failures. You'll learn about something that I lost $28 million in. $28 million lost, right? Because I didn't know one thing. Of course, you'll learn things that I made millions of dollars. But that one lesson alone, which you never want to repeat, and most people do, You're going to get that for almost no price. So definitely check out my academy. I talk a lot about this, how to rewire your brain. But I, the the academy is much more specific for those of you who are uh, happy at what you do working for somebody else. I talk about how to take that to the next level, right? 
how to move up in what you do. Not everybody should be an entrepreneur, but I also talk for those of you who are entrepreneurs and you want to start your own business. Step by step. You don't want to go at it alone. Make war with a multitude of wise counselors. And I'm going to give you that wise counsel in this, in this academy. So it's on my site, tylopez.com. You can also join my free book of the day newsletter. There's about 1.4 uh, 1.4 million, not billion. That'd be nice. Uh, 1.4 million people in 40 countries on my list. So, uh, you get that free newsletter, but join that academy. Don't be cheap, uh, with investing in education. I talk about that, but l- let me go back to this. So people think, well, I don't want to live this, you know, life you're talking about, Ty, it sounds too much, it's too scary, it's too much work. That's A, because you've never done what you love. Anytime somebody says that, that shows me they've done what they love. B, they don't understand that if you do what I'm talking about, your life, well, think of Picasso. Picasso created 50,000 pieces of art. He was working all the time. Read his story. He had an amazing life. You know, he had an amazing life, traveling around, learning. I was reading uh, Jean-Jacques Rousseau. These are men who worked all the time, but yet they were um, satisfied in the sense that they felt they were doing their destiny. That's what you want. You don't want momentary hedonic pleasure all the time. You know, there's that famous... Uh, philosopher said the hedonic experiment where he said, if you could be in a tube for the rest of your life where you continually experience an orgasm, let's say the highest pleasure for a human, would you want to be in it? No. Momentary happiness is not the thing that's going to bring you whatever it is you're looking for. You want some momentary happiness at times, but yet you want it balanced out with massive long-term Happiness, and that comes through investing mentality. I've talked about this, consumer versus the investor. The investor is the one who put in 14 hours. Remember, you will, inc- you will increase your happiness by increasing your work ethic. If you don't believe me, read Martin Seligman. By the way, I have all these links on my site. So you can go to my site, and uh, you can see anything I talk about in these podcasts. I'm going to start putting a link there. You can just click on the podcast link and then you can see all the links to the books and the various things I talk about. Okay. Uh, so that'll be on tylopez.com. Just a link on the, on the podcast. Um, so when you talk about, uh, uh, you know, four four hour work week versus 14 hour a day work, work day, right? Which one's better? You're going to have more happiness as long as you're doing the right thing. So for some of you, this 14-hour mentality versus four-hour work week will make you realize that you need to change what you do, and you might as well change it now. Sounds tough, but it's a hell of a lot tougher to look back on your life and realize you completely wasted it getting good at the wrong thing. Joel Salton said, the worst thing in life is being good at the wrong thing. Don't be good at the wrong thing. Be good at the right thing. The right thing is whatever your destiny. For some of you, it's running your own company. For some of you, it's being a billionaire. For some of you, it's being a humanitarian. Whatever it is, like David Chupp, the Amish guy, told me, Todd takes a lot of people to make the world go around. But I can't tell you what it should be. I actually, in the academy, by the way, one of the big reasons people like to go is I show you exactly how to find out what you should be doing. And it's easier yet harder than most people realize. you got to get that right, and I show you that in the academy. But and I, it's not that I'm trying to withhold this information. It's just there's a lot of information in the academy, so... 
I don't want people to think, oh, Ty, don't hold back just because you're, I'm not, I don't do the academy, even though we charge money. That's just because people don't do and value things that they don't pay for. So people can pay, you know, a hundred bucks for sushi dinner. They can spend money on education. I told you I spent 32,000 on Amazon last year. So getting books, getting knowledge. So the reason people like four hour mentality versus Charlie Munger's 14 hour is they're doing the wrong thing. They falsely assume that that would be a laborious, horrible life when they don't realize it would be an amazing life. They three, they think they'll be cooped up when in actuality, as you begin to grow whatever it is you're doing and grow your talents and grow your business, uh, and to go up the chain of life, that the world opens up to you. You start spending time and traveling around the world with amazing people. You have the respect of amazing people. Your social cir- circles change. Everything gets better. There's nothing worse. Your health increases. If you study health, I don't care what you're doing. If you are, uh, if your body emotionally doesn't feel satisfied, nothing else will make you feel good. Even if you're working out and eating right, you need the full psychological uh, uh, well-being to feel well-rounded. So it's a lose-lose if you try to go after four-hour work week. If you try to go after four-hour, you're probably, A, going to end up doing something opportunistic versus what's your destiny, trying to make a quick buck. So you'll end up getting good at the wrong thing. Man, I've seen that. I have seen it. It's painful. You know, Alan Nation told me, Ty, be careful making a million dollars before 30. Why? It'll trap you. He was right. You're not careful. You get locked in a trap. But some of you say, oh, Ty, I want to be in that trap. I want to have a million dollars doing what I hate. No, you don't. Because one, you'll probably lose a million dollars. And if you study who commits more suicides, poor people or rich people? I read the story of, uh, it's James Michener. I think it's called The Source. It's the history of South Africa. And one of the... um founding gold mine. There was two guys, De Beers, which is the famous diamond miner, but he bought out this other guy, forget his name, who was an actor and had gone to South Africa and opened up diamond mines and became one of the biggest miners and was the biggest competitor with uh, uh, De Beers. And he ended up, De Beers bought him out for like, I don't know, the equivalent of like half a billion or a billion dollars. He wrote him a check and that the second guy, the one who who made his fortune and got bought out by De Beers, he got on a boat and traveled back to England and he committed suicide on the way. You might think that's not you, but you'd be surprised. Like I said, study suicide. It's not always the poor. In fact, the poor are less likely to commit suicide, actually. Now, that's for another conversation, but my point being, it's not the end-all, be-all to get your million dollars. You'd be surprised and easy come, easy go. No. Forget that. Think about the people you want to be and how did they get there. You want to do that. You want to be William Shakespeare sitting in a room writing because writing is your love. You don't want to be doing it four hours a week. That sets your mind on obvious examples. You want to be Mother Teresa. She says this in one of her biographies about her. You know, they talk about she says the reason everybody's trying to be uh, happy and nobody is in the modern world is because happiness is external. It's not as internal. People trying to look for happiness within the happiness is without by interacting and helping other humans. If you read that book, Social, 
by the Harvard guy. He talks about this same thing. Our mind finds happiness in social groups. Robin Dunbar, the uh, anthropologist from, I think, Oxford, he spoke of Dunbar's number. We need to be in a group, and we need to be giving back. Martin Seligman, the same thing. That's what he called this authentic happiness. When you're doing your destiny, and it's pushing you, and it's hard to do, but you're able to pull it off, and you're doing it for the benefit of your group, your community, your tribe, that's where happiness comes from. That's We know this. It's science. It's irrefutable. So don't build your life. You know, I'm reminded of that parable. It's like two people. One of them built their uh, house on the rock, the foundation of the rock, and one built it on sand. And when a storm came and the wind blew and the rain came, which will happen to you in your life, guess which building will be stand will be standing? It's the house on the rock. So for you, you better change what you're building your house on. And for most of us, unfortunately, starting with our childhood where our parents punish us by giving us work and rewire our brain where we begin to associate work with something negative and work for something to be done Monday to Friday. I remember going, man, I was like 17. I said, I see all these people talking about TGIF. Thank God it's Friday. I saw that restaurant once and I was like, what does that mean, mom? And she's like, that's an old saying where people are happy. It's Friday. And I was like, why? And they're like, well, my mom says, well, because that means they get to go on vacation from work. They get Saturday and Sunday off. And I thought, that's weird. You're telling me people live five days a week in doing something they don't like. So that two days, I said, most of your life then is going to be doing something you hate. It's, and I remember when I became an entrepreneur, I became an entrepreneur at 18. And what got me started was I never want to know what day it is. That was my rule of thumb. I, th- I figured the second, you know, calendars are man-made. I studied Native Americans when I was young. They didn't have calendars. They just, every day, they ha- they watched the moon, general cycles and seasons. But every day wasn't like, okay, today's Tuesday. This is the day I love. Oh, Friday, I hate that. Like, like, they didn't live like that. That seemed like you're boxing your life. And yet, billions of people now are living that way. I said, I want to live where I never know what day it is. That's how I knew uh, that's how I said I'm going to gauge my success and happiness. And I think, you know, t- as I look back on that, I'm not sure that's the absolute perfect gauge because there's a part of me that says there's no problem with having some order to your life. But the overarching principle, I 100% believe you don't want to live five days a week. That's the dichotomy. Again, Picasso said to avoid. You don't want to live five days doing something you can't stand for the two days you can. In the same way, the solution though, is not to reduce work. That's where the fallacy comes. So people say, well, yeah, Ty, I agree with you. I think everybody would agree. Doing stuff you don't like is not the solution. So the one proposed, you know, this kind of modern day idea of automating your life is that, well, the solution then is to reduce the hours instead of spending five days on something you don't like so that you can vacation, just work one day super efficiently with all these little internet marketing tricks and business tricks and ways that this and outsourcing delegation. And the next thing you know, you're only working one day doing what you hate. So you have six days off. That's stupid too. One, it never works that way because these people forget the most basic economic factor, which is competition. How does it make any sense that you could work four hours a week uh, in a world of 7 billion people where people can copy your system so just think of this. Well, you say, well, well, Ty, I know I'm going to automate and I'll work smarter and I'll delegate. Uh, 
well, what if I do the same thing as you? I automate, I delegate, but I work five hours a week. I now have an advantage over you. No, 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 that's not how it works. No, no, no. The way the world works, I'm the center of the universe. If I work four hours a week, uh, no one else will ever figure it out. I'll have so many tricks up my sleeve. Well, how will you find out the tricks? You got to work to find out tricks. No, 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 no. I'll read about them. Oh, well, why can't I read about them? Why can't your competitor read them? No, 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 no. I live in an imaginary world where only I can get all these tricks. You see, in economics, classic economics, go to any university and pick up any economic textbook. In the long term, there's no profit. Why? Because new entrants, new competitors come in and the margins shrink. So you must constantly be staying ahead of the curve. Remember, if you don't know who the sucker is in a room, you're the sucker. If you're buying books that are feeding you a bunch of lies, they're giving you syrup, sweet syrup, instead of giving you milk, you're building your house on the sand. And like Warren Buffett says, you saw this in 2008 in the recession. He said, when the tide comes in, you see who's swimming naked. Who do you think's swimming naked? The person who takes the attitude of, I find out my destiny and I devote my life and I integrate all parts of my life into it and I build massive skill and I do it in a balanced way in the sense that sometimes I take a break when I need to, but my main focus is on my mission to change the world in that whatever way, large or small, that you have capacity for. You think that person uh, is going to be hindered by economics? No, because for that person... When you're doing your destiny and you're working at that level of intensity, it's hard for other people to match. Because if you do that thing that I, I interviewed uh, someone who said uh, yesterday in my house, a, a guy, one of the movie stars from, uh, forget his name right now. Great. He's from Twilight. It's up on my YouTube. I put a little video of me interviewing him. He's got, uh, he's in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie. He's Michelangelo, I think, or Leonardo. And I asked him, I was like, what's your advice? Why'd you make it in Hollywood? He's got a Showtime show. Oh, I'll remember his name. I'm very embarrassed. I don't know his name. Uh, and he said, he said, you know, you got to do you because at the end of the day, that's impossible for people to copy. You see, when you figure out, uh, Noel Fisher, by the way, that's his name. When you find out that thing that is your unique destiny, your, and I'm talking about business now, work ethic, like Joel Salatin, for him was sustainable agriculture. For Bill Gates, it was computer software. For Steve Jobs, it was making things beautiful and designing. For Mother Teresa, it was picking up children off the streets of Calcutta and giving them love before they died. For Martin Luther King Jr., it was writing the injustice, the racial injustice in the United States. For Leonardo da Vinci, it was pioneering new concepts in, uh, in art in thought, in medicine. For Abraham Lincoln, it was uniting a nation. For some people, it's simpler. You might not be Abraham Lincoln. God probably only made one Einstein. But you can still find your spot. That's evolution 101. They call that niches. Niches. There's evolutionary niches that you can fill. If you fill that, great or small, the, the dopamine in your brain will increase. You will have more response, more reward, both in the short term and in the long term. And remember, everything else isn't even real. You don't really have more than one option. That's the whole thing nobody gets. They're like, well, Ty, I see your point of the 14-hour con a day concept, but I also see the point of the four-hour, and the I like the four-hour better, so no matter what you say, I'm going to do it. Well, I go, you know what? I got one kind of extremely painful thing to show you. 
They're like, oh, what is that? And I'm like, do you know what the word mirage means? I'm like, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, a mirage is in the desert. You're dying. You need water. And out on the horizon, it looks like there is water, a pond. So you walk to it and you walk to it and walk to it and you spend your precious energy walking towards that, walking towards that. And you know what? You get there and it's, there's no water. But you're like, wait, wait, wait. I see out on the horizon. There it is. And you go further and you keep going, but the mirage never appears. And you're being led along, wasting away days, weeks, years, decades, searching for the illusion of the lottery ticket, the quick way to make money all the while. Wiser people than you said, forget the mirage. I'm going to dig a hole right here where I stand until I'm going to dig and dig and dig until I find a well full of water and I'll drink from right where I am and you survive. And all that pre people going after the mirage, they disappear. Evolution weeds them out. You don't want to be weeded out. And there's more than biological evolution. There's economic evolution. Do you want economic evolution to take you out? I hope not, but it will. That's why I said, and I challenge you if you don't agree with me, show me the person having global impact working for our week. Just show me. One. One. And let me say, maybe not one, because there's always an exception, and you never know when it talks. If you found one in a million, who cares? That one in a million probably inherited their money or just got lucky. You can't build your life on you magically inheriting money or getting lucky. I'm saying, show me any statistically significant group of people. Any of them. Uh, I mean, you could start with the guy who wrote the four-hour work week. Ask him if he works four hours a week. Ask him if he wrote the book and built his business and did all that working four hours a week. Now, again, this podcast is not a real diatribe and a, a critique of that specific book. Because... This mentality has been in people well before that book. And, and to Tim Ferriss's credit, it was a genius idea to, for marketing. I mean, people are definitely going to click on that. You know, if I told you, if I had a book called The 14 Hour Day, How to Achieve It, not many people are going to buy that book. Everyone wants to buy the, the, the book four hour. I get it. It's good marketing. Great way to make money. But like the famous teacher says, why does the path that leads to destruction. And many there be that follow it. And narrow is the path that leads to the kingdom. And few people. Which path you want to go on? Well, I can tell you this. Most people in the world go on the wide path. My recommendation for you is to go on the narrow path. As was it, uh, was it the pond? It says I took a path. The roads split and I took the path less traveled on and it's made all the difference in the world take the path less traveled on beware of the pit the pitfalls there are pitfalls you don't want to work 14 hours a day in the wrong thing that would be just as stupid as working four hours make sure you figure out your destiny very important and there's a methodology that i've kind of I, don't, I wouldn't say pioneered because I borrowed it from many sources, but brought together into one place so that you can find your destiny. You'll find it in my Mentor Academy. It's on my site, tylopez.com. Uh, also, my Twitter. I got about 170,000 people following me. It's uh, Tylo, at tylopez. Uh, and one last thing. I was going to ask you a favor. Don't ask too many favors from people. Like I said, I don't do this. My main business, I'm an investor myself. 
buy and sell businesses, try to buy 10 or 12 businesses. I just bought two new businesses and, uh, you know, I, I, I charge for this academy, not these, not these talks, but the academy, which is in much more in depth, step by step, taking you through this, um, 16 weeks per belt. Okay. It's white, yellow. You can, you can just try one month. You don't have to commit to multiple months, but try it. You know, I, I haven't been that pushy on it, but I, cause I feel, you know, there's, there's that part of you that's like, ah, oh, I don't push things. People think you're trying to do it for money. I honestly don't care about that. And I suggest you never care about people perceiving you. At, only fools care if you charge an honest price for something. <laughs> just remember that. I mean, when I go into McDonald's, which I rarely do, and I actually preach against McDonald's, but let's just say, I'm trying to give a easy understanding example. I go to, I go to McDonald's. I actually go to McDonald's like once every two years. I try to follow that balance. My mom said, it's not what you eat 90% of the time, Ty, that, I mean, uh, not what you eat 10% of the time that kills you. It's 90%. So I, I think it's okay. I try to ex- avoid extreme ideologies. So let's say once every two years, I'm starving, I'm traveling, I'm in Italy in the middle of the night and I went out and I need some food. So I eat at McDonald's, right? I don't get mad that it's $2, whatever for a burger. I'm like, that's a fair price. So this academy I have, it's, I hardly, I'm probably going to raise the price one of these days. Cause I feel like it's a little bit too cheap, but check it out. Uh, you must find this. I will tell you the alternative. The alternative is, uh, what you must avoid, uh, spoken of by chief Tecumseh. So live your life. The fear of death never enters into your heart. Do not be like those when it comes their time to die who weep and cry for a little more time to go back and live their lives over again. He said, sing your death song and be like a hero going home. You can only do that. You can live only live your life in such a way that you will have no regrets or much less regrets than most people. If you thoroughly root out the laziness, the, uh, aversion to work and focus on the reward, a life well lived. Man, I've told you, I've got these people that work for me, some interns and apprentices, and I begin to show them this. And I was like, I realized some of you have never worked overnight on something. I was like, that's a tragedy. I want you to not get sleep sometimes. I want you to work 14 hours. And more importantly, I want you to be do something that you want to work 14 hours. Remember, if this idea sounds horrible to you, you are doing the wrong thing. Change your life. Change your career. Get in a position where it doesn't feel like work. Remember, Bud Williams? If you think about vacation and you go on a vacation, you should probably never come home. Don't come home from to a job that you hate. Don't come home to a job that you're focused on only figuring out how to work four hours a week. Become like Mahatma Gandhi. Become like Sam Walton. Become like Steve Jobs. What I'd rather find is people going, I don't know when the last time I remember at this Amish farm, uh, when I was first at the Amish in Holmes County, Ohio, this Amish guy, uh, I don't remember his name. He was, he was like 70 years old. And I said to him, uh, he is a dairy farmer. That's a hard job. If you've ever done anything manual, there's nothing like milking cows. And these guys milk cows by hand. They didn't even use machines. And they'd wake up at four in the morning. 
they bring their cows in from the fields, put them in the barn, milk them by hand, and then do all their work all day. And then at night, you got to milk them again, four in the morning, four at night. And they would do this, and they did it every every day. And I said to them, and remember, that's seven days a week because cows need to be milked seven days a week. And they milked year-round. They weren't even seasonal, 365 days. And I said, and when's the last time you took a vacation? And he said, well, I think when I got married to my wife about 50 years ago. And it hit me between the eyes. I said, wait a sec. I've been indoctrinated with this thought that you got to do this. And I looked into his eyes and I looked at his life. Do you think I saw less happiness than I see in my friends that go to the Bahamas? No. This was a man with a look, the lines of experience, the lines of wisdom, the lines of satisfaction. He had his children who had raised on this farm for 50 years. He had uh, raised children and grandchildren. That farm had gotten more and more fertile. He'd healed the land. He'd given back to the community by providing them the gift of good food. He was just as happy. In fact, he was a hell of a lot happier. And that's when the switch flipped in my brain. And I was like, somehow this message didn't hit me. I know where. For me, it came probably in school. It was like, you're in school, you hate school, you gotta go to school, you take classes you have no interest in. And not that there's, it, it, not that school should always teach you exactly what you think you want, cause sometimes you don't know, but all the joy out of the teachers and all the joy out and surrounded by other kids who hate it and just destroying my ambition, my work ethic. And thank God, early, Guys like Joel Salatin, even when I was still a teenager, they rooted it out of me. And I was like, man, you know what Joel Salatin said? The best way you can punish your kids, and the Amish did the same thing, is they'd be like, you know, son, you, you, you didn't do what you're supposed to do yesterday. So today you're not allowed to come out and work with me. You're not allowed. You stay in, in today. You stay in the house. I'm going to go out and work. I saw the Amish. They would punish their kids by going, you know going on a work crew to build a house today over at the neighbors and I'm sorry, you know, you got to stay at home. I'm punishing you. You're not allowed to do the work. You see, imagine a world where we lived, where our minds was, were uh, uh, programmed that way. Parents, please listen. If you only remember one thing, if you have children, rewire your children's brain. In some ways, children are a blank slate. Okay, I mean, we are hunter-gatherers. We need times of rest. There's nothing wrong with resting, okay? Make sure you sleep eight hours a day. Make sure you take a long two-hour nap. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about your waking hours. I'm not talking about burning yourself out. I consider reading every day work. There's nothing wrong with laying in bed reading because you're accomplishing something, right? But rewire your own brain. If you're already an adult, start spending time around people whose brains is already wired this way, as I've talked about over and over in the law of 33% and learning through osmosis. It will rub off on you. Find mentors with tremendous attitudes. Of, 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 I mean, tremendous focus on an attitude that embraces a hearty and hefty work ethic. Work. Remember what Felix Dennis said? Man, I used to work. And you could hear it in his voice. He was longing for those days when... He used to be able to work. He was older then. He had some health issues. 
Remember, prepare for a rainy day. You better work while you can. As a farm, every good farmer says, make hay, uh, make hay while the sun shines, because the sun won't always shine. You as a, an adult over 40 years old, uh, by the time you, I'm sorry, reach 40 years old, I remember the statistic. I'm a CFP, a certified financial planner, and one of the things they train you is disability. The average person by, you know, that age, 40s, will have a three to six month or longer disability. You better be working now to save up for then. You don't want to be 90 and be having to work in Walmart. You want, unless you do it just for, you know, fun or whatever. But you don't want to have to. That means you better work at 20. That's another problem with this mentality. It's like they forget the time value of money and they also forget the fluctuations in natural energy for humans. When you got more testosterone coursing through you, both male and female, when you're young, when you lose that, you lose some of your drive. So you better respect the seasons when summer of your life is here and the spring of your life and the fall of your life is here. You better be working extra because when the winter comes, the snow's on the ground. You better not be that person who has to beg in the winter because you didn't work in the spring and the summer. That will come for your life. It will come for some of you in the form of, you know, some natural disaster. Some of you will come in the form of sickness. Some of you will come in loss. Some of you will come in a time where you need to take care of someone else and you won't be able to work. So if that's not you, work, work, work. We don't need a world of more four-hour mentality, people. I want a world of 14 hours. Remember what Charlie Munger said, I will work. Or that group said, I will work. If we cannot meet our obligations, that means your bills. That means uh, you cannot meet the obligation to those people you take care of, to those people you owe money, to those people you promise. You work 14 hours a day, six days a week, at least until you're out of that. And then you take a little break. It's okay to ebb and flow. It's okay to take a little break. You don't work as hard in the fall as you work in the summer or the spring. Winter, you take a little break, and Joel Salatin used to tell me, we sit around the fireplace and we read more. Create cyclical cycle, uh, cyclical patterns to your life so that it's not always the same. But the thing that never changes, the overarching, tremendous ethic to change the world in that capacity that you were given. If you're born healthy, you already won the genetic lottery. Don't waste that lottery ticket that you've been given. You work. And if you're having a hard time embracing this, even though you realize the truth to it, you're having a hard time, it's a good indicator you're doing the wrong thing. So slowly but surely, change the ship, right the ship, and get doing something different, something you can muster more energy, more curiosity, more passion around. But make no mistake, the world is competitive. Don't believe the fool's game. Don't believe the mirage and spend years and years searching after something that will never, ever come. It will never come. It's a mirage that's always on the horizon. Now, let me say, there will come a day, if you live correctly, where you will have enough to truly uh, relax. But, but, if you do it right, that will come much later in your life. And you'll follow the natural hormonal patterns, right? And even then, you don't have to have the work ethic. My grandma's 96 and just published a book. She works harder 
uh, than most adults that I know of any age. But my grandma, of course, has slowed down a little bit at 96. Takes a little, but she's still fully employed in life. Joel Salton said the first step in life and the first step of being an entrepreneur is be fully employed. If you're doing the right thing, do it more. Don't stop. When you got a good thing, do more of it. So for you, this is two-part takeaway. You may need to change what you do because you're doing the wrong thing. And for others of you, you may need to just root out this insidious virus in your brain that associates falsely work with reward. I mean, work with punishment. Remember, work if you've done right, done correctly, done wisely, good plan, good execution, brings you every piece of happiness you ever want, whether it's a Ferrari or the smile on a face of somebody you just changed their lives and brought them out of poverty. Whatever it is for you, the reward is much greater, much greater than any effort you'd have to put in. Change the world, okay? Change the world, my friend. I need you to get down in the trenches of life. One day you'll thank me, just like I thank those who showed me, all right? Check out my site, tylopez.com. Please leave me a rating. Subscribe here if you like it. If you're listening to this on a podcast or YouTube, uh, you can leave me a comment on YouTube, on podcast. Leave me a review. I really appreciate it. More importantly, though, join the Academy. It will change your life. I guarantee it. Nobody ever asked for their money back, but if you ever wanted to, it's on my site, tylopez.com. You'd be able to get a refund. Uh, but it's one of the most powerful things I've seen, and it's not because I designed it and I think it's so great because of me, but because I've gone to people 10, 20, 30 times ahead of me, self-made millionaires, billionaires, great humanitarians, uh, world-changing people, and brought all their ideas into one simple system that you can follow. And if you follow it, and if you follow it, it will revolutionize every area of your life. It will bring you the good life, health, wealth, love, and happiness. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon.